Hello, and welcome to The Bridegroom Speaks. I'm Laura Ercolino, and today I'm with Abby Kyle, my daughter's friend and director of evangelization for Little Flower Catholic Church in South Bend, Indiana. Abby has joined us today to share with us some of her encounters with the bridegroom and her insights on what it means to be his bride this side of heaven. Any identity less than beloved is slavery. And I was enslaved to my past. I was enslaved. I didn't have a higher desire. I didn't have a greater love beyond my own self-love and trying to look out for my own interests and for my own happiness. And enslaved maybe, I think sometimes we become enslaved by that desire to be loved. And so we're seeking like the woman at the well, seeking those false lovers to fulfill that desire that's actually enslaving us because we're not directing it towards the bridegroom. Absolutely. The Lord withdrew something that I had been attached to a good, holy thing that he was asking me to surrender Mm -hmm. to him. And I noticed my immediate impulse was to take that pursuit in my own hands and kind of continue to dig into my heart was that I had placed a truth that I am favored, which is a truth he has been speaking deeply to my heart this year, particularly mm-hmm. that this attachment, I had attached part of my identity as favored to this particular attachment. And when that attachment was withdrawn, when Jesus asked me to surrender it, because I was attached wrongly to right. it, I started to panic that I had lost a part of this good, holy identity that I am favored by the bridegroom. And so I had this immediate impulse to start running to find a replacement for what I had just surrendered so that I would not be in want of this identity. And Jesus kind of took me by the shoulders (laughs) and just said, you are running to find something else that will favor you because you're afraid that my favor isn't enough or that I won't come through. Mm -hmm. So even just recently, just this past week, I've had to let Jesus check me in that woman at the well attitude of, of running after that Gomer attitude of being loved so perfectly by her bridegroom and still yet seeking other lovers And just Mm -hmm. Jesus continually catching me, seeking other lovers, speaking truth over my heart, and then drawing me back to himself. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not under any illusion that, that I am perfectly 100% in the bridegroom's embrace and listening to him at all times, but the trajectory has changed in that before I had nowhere to go. And now I have, you know, Jesus is my home. There's a psalm. The translation's weird. You only find this translation in the Catholic lectionary translation of the Psalms. Psalm 87. Most translations says, the Lord notes in his register of the peoples. This one was born here. So singers and dancers say, all my springs are in you. Lectionary translation. It says, while they dance, they will sing. In you all find their home. Oh, that's beautiful. 
I, it's one of my favorite lines in the Psalms. He's, he's my home. He's my home base. I resonated so much with your recent podcast about our home, Jesus building a home for us and what our spiritual home with him looks like. Right. In our heart of our hearts, we can be at home wherever we are because he's mm -hmm. with us there and he's our home. And I love what you were saying that he doesn't expect perfection from us, right? On, mm -hmm. on this side of heaven, again, we will always be learning more and more from him about what authentic love, mutual spousal love truly is and what it means to be loved by the bridegroom and then to respond to that love in the way that we love him and others. Mm -hmm. It's a lifelong journey and process and there's always more. There's always more mm -hmm. to discover, more adventures he wants to take us on. Mm -hmm. But you, the point that you made was that before you didn't, had nowhere to look for that. You didn't even know where to go, which is reminding me of a story you told me before we started recording about this analogy of being the bride behind those doors. Would you share that story with us? Absolutely. This was something that Jesus just dropped into my heart. <laughs> During a conversation a few weeks ago, a friend had asked me if I was restless and what the difference is between the restlessness we experience as the beloved, those who know our identity and our home is in Christ, and those in the world who are restless for a completely different, it's a completely different experience, those mm -hmm. two restlessnesses. This image that that the Holy Spirit brought to my mind was the restlessness that I experience now is this good, holy expectation, like a bride on her wedding day when she is completely adorned and ready to receive her bridegroom. And she's in her wedding dress. She's got her veil. She's, you know, as beautiful as she could be. And she is waiting behind those closed doors waiting for those doors to be flung open so that she can walk down the aisle to her bridegroom. And I just think about my own wedding day and, you know, I was anxious. I was super nervous about tripping. That was my biggest fear. <laughs> I was really nervous about <laughs> tripping. This anxious anticipation of what was about to happen. And I had complete confidence that my now husband was on the other side of those doors and that he was waiting for me and that at the right moment, those doors were going to open and I was going to be able to walk down the aisle and be united with him in a way that I hadn't before. And that's what it's like to be the bride on this side of heaven. We hear the bridegroom's voice and I just think I want to be spiritually wearing my wedding dress at all times. Yes. And I want to be trying to keep my gown as pure and spotless for him as possible, knowing that truly he's the one who cleans my wedding gown. Yes. He's, yes. <laughs> I get dirty. Right. He cleans me up and gets me ready to meet him again. He adores and you, crowns you with jewels. Yes, absolutely. Yes. That's what it's like. It's just this holy expectation, this hope, belovedness waiting. Whereas before, before I knew Jesus, I didn't feel beautiful. I was on the other side of those doors and I, I was not confident that there was anyone waiting on the other side for me. And now I know, now I know that my bridegroom is there, that he's speaking to me, that he's beckoning me forward. 
And he's also calling out, speaking truth over me and calling out for me to hope. Because there are many times where that waiting gets long. And there are many times in prayer where I say, Jesus, I just cannot wait. Like this earth is fine. (laughs) This earth is good. These people are fine and good, but I just want you. Like I'm, I'm just ready. I'm ready to leave this world behind whenever you ask me to. And so just trying to keep ready that whenever he chooses to fling those doors open where I can be united with him perfectly and forever, I want to be ready for that. That's beautiful. And that one of the words that keeps coming to me is that I've heard him speak in my prayer is to be his joyful anticipation Mm. to await him with joyful anticipation Mm. and that longing to be one with him and never to be parted again. In a sense, it's a, you know, some of the saints talk about that as it's, it's its own spiritual suffering. It is a longing that we can open to him and that we can offer to him as prayer. In fact, I think it was St. Teresa of Avila who said that prayer is the becoming the longing for God, Mm. becoming the longing. That's a a beautiful statement to really take to prayer and meditate Mm. on the meaning of that. The other thing coming to my mind is, you know, as we're talking about this longing to be one with our bridegroom, with our heavenly bridegroom, and yet we know that he's asking us to be here brings me to the song of songs and the cantata and thinking about as his a difference in being our bridal relationship, our spousal relationship with Christ, the divine bridegroom and our spousal relationships with our husbands. You know, you don't want to share your husband with anyone else, (laughs) but our heavenly spouse, we want everyone (laughs) to know him and fall in love with him as we have. Can you share a little of your reflections from the Song of Songs on that desire, how when you are filled with love and longing of the bridegroom and filled and he's filling you with his love, how you just cannot contain it, but need to like the bride in the song, get all the other maidens to follow you and come and meet him. Yeah, this is so beautiful. And what I love about it is that it is so natural, well, supernatural. Um, yes. <laughs> I just, I just think about the people I know who are head over heels for Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't know a single one of them who does not want to bring others into relationship with him. Also, it's, it's like this immediate impulse. And this was an experience of mine is that I had another very, very profound encounter with Jesus, what I would call almost my pivotal moment. I heard the gospel as I was sharing earlier, but there's a very particular, like he was kind of priming the pump. He was getting the soil of my heart ready that he could really plant his word and his voice deep in my heart. And he did. And I shot up and just ran, literally just ran to share what Jesus had just spoken to me and to share it with others. And we see this with like Mary Magdalene who encounters the risen Jesus and just immediately runs to tell, to tell the apostles. And uh, I believe St. Paul says in Acts, like we cannot, but speak what we have seen and heard. We cannot do anything except just proclaim Christ. And so it's just this beautiful impulse that there's no exception 
I've never seen it. I don't know if anyone ever has <laughs> someone who has <laughs> met Christ and not just had this immediate impulse to, to go forth and to, to bring others into that love. Yes. And so just one particular passage of the cantata of love that has been piercing my heart very much is right. It's about just the beginning, the very beginning of the Song of Songs, where the bride begins to invite other women, you know, have you seen my beloved? And so it says, it would seem that she is even happy not to be the only one to love him. Though totally entranced by the spell of her love, not only does she feel the need to talk about her bridegroom to these other maidens and to boast about the tenderness she feels for him, but one might even think that the most important result of her love is to bring new hearts to her bridegroom. And a little later it says, so the admiration and love of the other maidens for her beloved are in fact helping her to gain a better awareness of the extraordinary favor and privilege granted to her. I think I've seen that so much in my own life is the more I bring Jesus to others in my imperfect and very flawed approach, the more I fall in love with him. For more resources and our consecration to Christ the Bridegroom, visit hopesgarden.com, the sanctuary where the spousal love of Christ the Bridegroom heals hearts, marriages, and families.